Welcome to Emotional Intelligence. I'm Helen Duros. And I'm Danielle Doyle. This is a podcast centered on real conversations with friends, mentors, and legends who lead and share an embodied life. We sit with a variety of guests to unpack how a cultivated relationship with the body informs their work and transforms their lives. Thanks for joining us in conversation and movement. This is the first time we're recording a podcast in real life together. In the same time zone. In the same time zone. And it actually feels so much more eyes. natural. I mean, that's to be expected. <laughs> yeah, looking lo- lovingly and longingly at one another. Hold on one sec. Look at the levels on this thing. That can't be good. Yeah, let's let's check that out. Test, test, test. Is this normal? That seems better. I don't know yeah, what's happening Yeah, what happened before? before? Wait, should we, should we but re- look at that. Should we restart? Ah, um, okay. Let's see. Never mind. It's fine. Okay, we're back. I know how to use GarageBand. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Helen is back in the. I, I feel like I can't call this the Boston area. Where are yeah, we? I, we're in Bolton, Massachusetts, which is I would say maybe central Massachusetts. Okay, central eastern central Massachusetts, but there we're are a lot of north. And a little north, yes, mm. in case you want to track us down. And there's some vineyards near here? There are some vineyards, could some be horse farms, uh, not a lot of anything else. It's very lovely. Yeah, I told my mom I was coming to Bolton, and she's like, I think we went apple picking for those. <laughs> yeah, there are apple orchards. It's there very idyllic. And we're in, um, did you grow up in this house? I moved here when I was 13. Okay. So half, half grew you up. partially grew up in yeah. this beautiful home. And we're just uh, recording some podcasts. Today. We're sitting on the floor recording podcasts, and I'm like, it's so nice to sit across from you. It's so good to see you. <laughs> this is actually making me realize how compromised Zoom is. I mean, it's a, it's really beautiful as a tool in terms of being able to engage, but it lacks a lot in the naturalness of conversation. There's also a level of fatigue. Like yes. Like when we're doing our like Zoom screen share design stuff for like two hours or we're like interviewing guests, like don't you feel like when you get off of that, you're just like, I need to go shut my eyes and escape from the world for like a few days. And it also feels like you're constantly, there's no way to avoid hiding a part of your presence because there's stuff going on, like you're in different environments, so you're bringing different things to the table, and it's it's harder for me to be fully present on Zoom. Right. Which this so this is really refreshing. Right. So we just. I wish we could do this all the time. Maybe other. I should just fly back weekly. Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> I believe a toilet has been flushed in the home. <laughs> Um, there's also water sound effects periodically. Yeah, it's nice. It's like a like a waterfall. <laughs> I love that chair actually. All right, it's anyways, a cool chair. Focus. <laughs> we can be fully present with the furniture and the sounds in the home around us. <laughs> All right, so Helen, I'm really curious to hear more about your res. Am I using the right word? Re- Scott, res- residency. Residency. Yes. That you yes. have just begun. Yes. So tell us about what that is. 
Good questions. So clearly I'm not even asking what the right <laughs> words. Residency. Your dance residency. Dance residency. And choreography. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. So yeah. for those of you that might not be familiar with a residency, it's when an organization or institution hosts an artist, it can be in any medium, to make work for said institution or organization. So you're basically in quote-unquote residence with that group to make and just be in process, and then typically they give you a platform to share that. So I am working with Los Angeles Dance Festival, which is a really... um, Yes, small, like homegrown group of people that have done such a beautiful job in making space in the LA dance scene for young choreographers. And we are putting on a virtual performance the second week in June. And I'm just getting started on what the piece actually looks like. That's really soon, though. It's so soon. Yeah. I mean, I am a little bit delayed in my timeline, um, just kind of when studio space was available and mm-hmm. my the schedule of the dancers but um yeah and do you have ideas for what the piece is gonna be yet are you like i'm still in a gathering phase it's i funny. guess you're not giving anything away because this will air after <laughs> it has happened that's true yes so, so you, you can, can watch the piece if you're listening to the episode and curious but we'll the put time. it in the show we should. notes <laughs> we feel so cool saying show notes also it's like we're probably going to keep saying show notes and then forget to put 90 percent of it in the show notes but we'll put we'll put it in the show so notes. this is just these are just loose promises uh google you know you can google. google yeah you can definitely google the piece but it's so interesting because i mean i'm a little out of practice in terms of like formal choreography process and I felt a really big gap or like black hole in terms of feeling inspired to create. And I had all these like kind of loose ideas in my mind that weren't connecting at all. But it's so interesting how, and it's definitely like every artist has their own process. But for me, it's like, it's not coming, it's not coming, it's not coming, it's not coming. And then it's like, it's coming. And you're like, okay, can I carry all, can I like catch all the ideas? Do you feel them coming? Just in the last couple of days. And it's kind of, Mm. I think it's pressure. I mean, I definitely am a procrastinator and, Mm. and sort of just am respecting that about myself these days. So it's like, I think the pressure and time component plays a lot into it. Right. Like if this was, if this piece was happening in August. It'd be, oh yeah. Because it's like, that just feels so far away. So the ideas are so far away. And are you working with other dancers? Is it just you? I'm working with one dancer who's actually from the East Coast. We've been kind of in the same dance scene for a while. And she just moved to LA. And and have you started working together yet? We have not. Okay, so cool. it's been, oh, yeah. This is really... It's very much in its incubation phase. And when you were... Because... So you've been out in LA for how long? Do you have any concept of time? Almost nine months, Almost which nine is months. wild. Yeah. Jeez. Because the last time I saw you in person, when we... The last time I saw you in person is when we had the idea when for the we, podcast. Wow. I didn't right? even realize that. Yeah. So that was you're like right. what, Thanksgiving? We won, uh, October. We won October. So I just mm-hmm. opened my office. Mm-hmm. I just started my own business. And I was like, Hell. well, no, I had left you a really excited voicemail. I left you <laughs> a really a excited story. voicemail. Helen does not respond to mess. We were just discussing this. Helen responds to every text and phone call and voicemail. And in my head. message telepathically. 
<laughs> it's really effective. You should try it. Um, so I always know that they are seen and read and responded to mentally, but maybe not. So I left Helen like this really excited voicemail about like starting a podcast together. And she just like didn't respond. And I was like, oh. for a long time. And then I was like, well, what did you think of my idea? And she's like, what idea? And I was like, I left you a voicemail. She's like, oh, yeah, I couldn't hear it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so the last time I saw you in person was then, which was, yeah, this fall. And this podcast for us has been such an interesting kind of fluid thing. And honestly, I have to give Danielle such an unbelievable amount of credit for this being produced because she's like the, the... hands and brain of the operation i would not say that's i'm true. just I'm along just, for the ride i would say i'm just a little more punctual i think that's the only difference i think we both have the vision and, and there's many times where i just would have been like i don't feel like doing this right now because i don't feel like doing a lot of things right now not in a depressed way and just to like right and i'm, I'm willing to say no to things right now <laughs> i'm excited for you to talk about too a little bit of your life reorganization because that seems to be like it would reprioritize how and when you choose to do things. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? It's been, so I am, nobody wants to hear somebody talk about being a minimalist because it's obnoxious, (laughs) but I have fallen into the the minimalism trend. And so the two things I feel like doing with my free time right now are going for long walks and getting rid of my stuff. That's like my two hobbies right now. Um, so I uh, I just had this moment of like, what if it's not recording? It is. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I've been just like, you know when people are like, I want more out of life? I just want less out of life. That's how I feel these days. Like I want less commitments. I want less stuff. I want less priorities. I just want more f- space. So is freedom like the kind of root of that impulse or would you say it's it's would it be something else free i think yeah freedom is a good word for or is it clarity i think intention intention okay so it's like so for me you know and everyone has their own brand of minimalism or why they do what they do or what they call it and you know i don't think it's like you need to have like one sheet and one toothbrush and well you only need one toothbrush but um you know, like you just need like five objects. There's no like amount of things, but it's more just like being really intentional about what and when you buy something or why yes. or like how I spend my time or um, like for the first time in my life, I'm doing like a budget spreadsheet mm-hmm. just because it makes you think twice about when you spend money on something. Or and your own you behavioral it. patterns too. Right. I mean, what you spend money on is really indicative of how you live your life. And it's telling, I think, in terms of, like, like anthropologically for your own assessment. It's really interesting. Like, I've never been a big, like, consumer, shopper, like, clothes person. I never knew. Is it a clothes horse or a clothes whore? You know that? No, I've never heard that phrase. But clothes whore sounds like it would fit more. But I think it's clothes. Clothes horse? horse? You also just called that color okra a few months ago, so I didn't defer to you. Um, but um so like I've never been but there's just definitely a moment this winter in like pandemic boredom you know new on Instagram just being like oh yeah I do want to buy that jacket I do want to buy this like those joggers and just feeling like I've never had 
what's it called? Marketing so tailor-made, mm-hmm. so so precise to what I do want mm-hmm. um, that it's really hard to resist when, when Instagram is just so up in your grill and knowing ex- exactly what you want to buy. And so it's hard to say no when you're like, do you want this exact pair of joggers that you were just searching for? And when to, ex- to an extent you're primed to be deprived of you know, things arriving at your house or people arriving at your house. It's like when you're in a vortex of being in your apartment for so many months on end, it's exciting to get the ping of the doorbell ringing. Right. But, and it's, it's, it's very clearly filling a void. Yes. The stuff. A hundred percent. So I think when you're just really intentional about like, I really like free time. I really like time by myself. Mm -hmm. And it was also like the first time in my life that I was like, you know, I'm 33 and single and like, I might be single forever and that's okay, which is crazy. Like, and that's fine. You yeah, know, like that, the, that freedom of like, of not feeling like you need to walk the path that everyone else walks. And the feeling of not needing to pre-write the script to your life right. and let it just naturally unfold. I mean, I think that's such a hard, that's a very difficult shift, um, you know in terms of programming to, to just start being more present in that way. And a lot of this came because I was telling you this, this woman, the LA minimalist that I started following on Instagram, I stumbled across one of her reels and she does this series called the rules are fake. And just talking about how like, you know, well, I bought a house, but it's my small house and I'm going to, it's my starter house and I'll get a bigger house to put more stuff in. And then I have to have this many kids by this age on this timeline. Uh, and I was like, oh, wait, I have believed all of those things all my life, but they're not my values. Right. I recently heard this referred to as uh, the urgency conundrum. People feeling like they like everything needs to be urgent. And it's it's in a broader context. So it's mm-hmm. like I need to, to get this house now so that I can get that house at that time. And it just compounds in this really kind of... Well, I do think being a woman in your 30s, if you do want to have kids, there is that urgency. Yeah, and so legit. I think for me, letting go of needing to have kids. Like, I, I might, I might not. But like... There is definitely a certain level of stress being in your 30s and single and probably wanting kids that that makes things feel urgent. So and that's in a biological like, way. Too. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah your body there's is a, There is a window. Too. Whereas most things there aren't a window. Right. <laughs> there's actually a window. Um, so just feeling like I could let that go and just, I don't know, life just feels like freer now. And, like, with the urgency thing, like, I, I study with this organization, Yoga Medicine, and I love them. I love the community. They've, they've switched online beautifully. Like, I did a bunch of the, the online trainings, and I just, like, haven't been digging it right now. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Like, mm-hmm. there's no timeline. Like, I'll finish the course that I started when I finish it. I'm really excited, you know, sometime in the next couple of years to get back to, like, being with those people in person. But, like, I don't need to just, like, sludge through every training available because they're fabulous and I love them, but like now might not be the moment for that. Right. Like I don't have to do everything all at once. Yeah. Lifting the expectation too, that everything has to be equally, if not more fun than it used to be or inspiring as it used to be. Oh, everything's way less fun. Of course it it shifts. Yeah. I'm old and there's a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Embracing. And Zoom is the only way in. Yeah, well, no, now it's nice out and I'm, you know. It's, yeah, it's and it's all, I mean, one reason I I'm st- love living in L.A. so much is that I don't feel limited 
by the environment, like the, the climate environment. And in fact, I feel really supported by it. So right. th- that has been informative in terms of what's relevant in my life because the outdoors are so much, so much more available than they might be other places in the world. Right. And I think also, like, if there is a day that is 75 and sunny in Boston, you have to drop fucking everything and go and like, right. be out in that day. Right. And, like, there's extreme guilt if you do not enjoy the day. But if, like, every day is 75 and sunny. Because people like, are starving for it. We're just like vitamin D. <laughs> like, as we're, like, it's May and we're, like, bundled in sweaters inside because it's so cold and gross out right now. Yes. <laughs> But it's also nice because you get to enjoy the the indoorness of today. <laughs> the coziness, yeah. We're we're it's kind of a rainy day where we are right now. It's gross. A um, rainy day, in but May. we got to enjoy some coffee this morning. We my did. new my new love of coffee. <laughs> I've been a long time coffee lover since I was. I don't even know if you know this about me. Since I was really young, like I lived next door to my grandparents who immigrated here from Greece. And my grandmother's father, so my great-grandfather, owned a coffee shop in Greece. And so she grew around, up around that culture. And so when I was three to five years old, I'm not even exaggerating, they would give us like a little pour of coffee and a lot of milk. And then over the years, the ratio <laughs> the shifted. Ratio but around 13, it was like a very standard cup of coffee. So I got wow. looped in really young. You're young. But I'm a, like just a staunch one a day coffee cup drinker so I don't know if that really qualifies as like I had I had two cups of coffee today which is like and she's new to the coffee I'm new to to coffee so I um I've had it here and there but I went to Vietnam literally like the last day people were allowed in Vietnam I left like March 7th 2020 I can't even (laughs) believe that that happened in the year 2020 so it was, it was just a little over a year ago, yeah. but just a different... My mom and I were just talking about it the other day. We were like, oh, isn't... Like, we thought all, like, the hand sanitizing signs were so funny. <laughs> yeah, like, what a spoof. We didn't know. They're like, isn't it cute? They think that there's some disease coming. Whoops. Uh, hindsight is literally 2020. But, yes. um, yeah, so I just started drinking coffee in Vietnam, and I was like... This is really good. And and then I bought these cute little like Vietnamese like tea makers. They're like little ceramic things and they've got holes and then you put a scoop in the thing mm-hmm. and then you tamp it down with another thing. I can't describe. It's called a fin, P H I N. We'll put it in the show notes. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, pin, fin. Maybe this is a potential sponsorship. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's not a company. It's, it's, it's just a it's, thing. Okay. It's like saying it's an a, object it's like category. Saying a French press. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just an object category, but maybe they'll all come rushing at our doors. Do you have a tea that you like to drink? A tea? Yeah, a type of tea. Well, this is we're talking oh. about coffee. Oh, I thought you just said tea. No. Okay. Now I'm. Confused. It's a coffee maker. Oh, cool. It's a coffee maker. Oh, so it's I like it goes that. over a cup, and you. It's like a little, little. It looks like another little cup, but it's got holes in it, and you put a scoop of coffee in, and then you put another thing with holes in it. So there's like a thing with holes, coffee, another thing with holes, and you pour water in. You like tamp it down, and then the water comes through. Very cool. Um. Yeah. So it's coffee. That sounds. Yeah, you need to make me. <laughs> but a part cup of my new. Okay, so part of my my new minimalism thing is I can't buy anything in. A category. So, like, I, I bought, like, so I came back from Vietnam and, like, bought all this coffee. So I have all these different kinds of coffee that I'm finishing up. And then I have to also drink all of the caffeinated tea before I buy any new coffee. 
And I also bought like mud water. And I'm like, none of the, like, no yeah, caffeinated you're... beverages can be purchased until all of the first hot in, first out. Yeah. And, and like, go and look in your house. Like, how many different things could, you right. know, you buy the kind of tea that you like kind of like and then you don't really drink and then you buy like 15 others. Right. Uh, the exception to this rule would be like the smooth move. Like, you can't drink that decaffeinated tea and. And replace another kind of decaf tea because there's a just, limit. Yeah, you're just pooping. Yeah, like, which we don't want twenty four seven. Right, like my, only like one. one my system yeah. works really well if I add smooth move to that. Like I don't. Why do I even have smooth move? I don't know. Like oh, probably when I come back from Asia, my digestive <gasps> system gets messed up. But anyways, um, so yeah, part of part of my new my new thing is like using up what you have, which is a fun project. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that premise, and it sounds like it's affected your life in a pretty cool way. Yeah, it's just like using stuff. And then you realize like how much money you don't need to spend because you have seven different facial moisturizer yes. type things and it's going to take you two years to use them. <laughs> and how much boredom we place in purchasing new things. Mm-hmm. Like why is there such a strong spark in the purchase and less in the use? Like what if we really cherished what we have in a way that fulfills our life just by using it and I think part of it is like you know I'm such a target addict like I I love target but there is something to be said about buying nicer things that last for a longer time um that aren't disposable so not buying like disposable clothes disposable things like things like a shirt you maybe spend three times as much on the shirt but it's not gonna last for a year it's gonna last for 10 years completely I am in the process of I just moved into a new apartment and I'm designing my bedroom. And you and only brought two luggages. I only <laughs> And y'all was making fun of me for saying the word luggages in lieu of suitcases. And like I, I was saying luggage is a category. <laughs> and I was using it as a noun. which is a noun, but anyways, I could be wrong. Somebody will maybe if we have listeners they'll Yeah you can weigh in. one of us. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm wrong. I'll own that. Um Sorry, you're designing your bedroom. Uh, I'm designing my bedroom, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to uh, feeling like, oh, I don't like the word curated because it just like. Oh, I love the word curated. I like the, I like the concept of curated. I just don't actually like the phonetics of the word. Really? Okay. Yeah. I love it. But for it lack of like a better just word. It enough. I think curating your space and and all in all your life is brings so much meaning because for me it comes down to expression it's like Mm. when I'm in my body or in clothing or in a, a room that I feel I'm fully expressed in and that's mirrored back to me there's something really beautiful about yes. that and it's so beautiful to then go to let's say your house and feel you in that space and there's really like a resonance when those things are aligned I don't think anyone else would have ever designed their house the way I've designed my house because it's a little wacky <laughs> you you have the king and queen of Thailand framed on the wall excuse me the former the former king, the king former queen former. Rama 9, not Rama 10. I'm not going to go into any further detail because I don't want to be imprisoned next time I go to Thailand. But yes, I have Rama. This is going to be a targeted podcast. Rama 9. No, but it's all about doing things with intention. You know, like buying things that, that not because it's the cheapest thing or not buying like a third comforter because it was on sale, but buying like the comforter that like you love and when you walk into your room it feels like this is Helen's bed. Marie Kondo says brings you joy. The things that yeah. Yeah. 
we should, I'm excited to stop recording this podcast and then look at things online with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) To shop vicariously as I'm working away, away, away from shopping. But it's also like having less objects too. Like I would rather have less things in the room and absolutely love those three things. For sure. And feel like, yes, I can like fully subscribe to all of those items versus... Like spending $500 on three things rather than spending $500 on 70 things. Right, exactly. Because they were cheaper, which has been my mindset forever. I've loved, I've loved to deal. You like to wheel and deal. Oh my God, people go, you know, not that I get a lot of compliments on my fashion because (laughs) I definitely beat, marched my own drummer in (laughs) interior design and, and fashion. Um, you know, but if somebody goes, oh, I love your ex, I'll be like, oh, thanks. It was $7.99. Like, I just Yeah, you go to that. Yeah. I'm rather... Like, I hope to, you know, next time buy something, be like, oh, thanks. It's organic and really well made, and it wasn't made in a sweatshop. And yeah, and I'm excited about the design. I'm excited to it own it until I die. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just a shift. And Yeah. I have been kind of the opposite, actually. Like, I always really like things that I feel are quality and beautiful. So for me, it's actually like, a, hum- a, a component of humility where it's like, oh, maybe you should just pause before you purchase that because I don't know if you're in a place to purchase that right now. <laughs> it's like $10,000. Yeah, legit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I would still rather have less than have more that doesn't agree. So, yeah. Intention. It all comes down to intention. It does, like- yeah how you want to spend your time, what you want to buy, what you want to do, and who you want to be with. Completely. The more intentional you are too, like the the more the life curates itself without trying as hard and it feels like it, it's more of a match. And that's the real beauty of like less. It's like once there's less, then things are cleared for like the true things to fall into place. And I think so much of this past year for me was like spending so much time alone Mm -hmm. and kind of getting that opportunity to like clear out, flush out, you know, not feeling like I had to rush to X, Y, and Z or spend all this time in the car or, you know, going on a bunch of first dates that I didn't want to go on. Um, And just, I feel like I've always known myself well, but like now I like really do. And it's so much easier to just kind of weed out the, the bullshit and get clear about how you want to live your life and what what is your input and what is society's input. Mm-hmm. And how much of it is like actually not what you want, but just what you've been told. Told you that want. you want. Yeah, deviating from the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I will say living in California has been refreshing in how many non-linear career path examples there are. Mm-hmm. Like so many people just beating to their own drum, like carving their own path and it's so inspiring because just thinking of like the the tuning fork specialist and the crystal (laughs) the dog astrologer that's the the personal favorite (laughs) (laughs) yeah no there's definitely like and i just think of like somebody's like christian midwestern parents being like so what does joni do now oh she's Well, I've been really fascinated with human design, which I don't feel like I can eloquently speak to because it's such a complex system. But I have thought like, I enjoy studying this enough that like there would maybe be something there for me, but I don't know. I I don't even know what it is. It's a, how do I explain it? I mean, I guess it's sort of in, it's an occult study. 
So it's, I guess, in the same vein as, like, astrology or okay, okay. something of the sort. But it's based on your birth date and, uh, yeah, your sort of way of navigating the world that's most agreeable to your constitution, so to speak. So your inner guidance system um, based on a variety of different things. Based on the stars? It's it's mathematical and similar to Vedic astrology. Okay, okay. Um, but yes, it's it's based on. I feel astronomy. like you're using math in the loosest term one can use the word math. I feel like I can't speak to it enough to say yeah. whether that's. True I mean, or I'm not. I'm I'm a chronic doubter. <laughs> no, I think I was. I think growing up, I was like a non-believer, 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 and then just like I did my yoga teacher training, and I just like kind of stepped into this place of like unknowing and. And just feeling like there's something greater and just kind of like then all of a sudden being like, I believe in everything. So like there's parts of me that I believe in most things now. I think healthy skepticism is always welcome. And especially when I, I yeah, especially when um, I'm not giving much information. Well, I think with, you know, just because astrology is like a very relatable example because people know what that is. And I've always kind of thought, it's bullshit you know but fun you know like harmless bullshit and you know i'm sure people will be like oh you know how could you say that but but like read you know i love to read my horoscope just to be like could this be any more generic (laughs) yeah and i think i think there's a spectrum too because there are certainly astrologers out there who are much more specific. Like, I, I think I was telling you, I've gotten two astrology readings in yeah. the last year. One was a Vedic astrology reading and one was Western. And I it's been almost a year since I was in those sessions. And I'm kind of reflecting on, like, did they inform my year at all? Because they, were, they weren't predictive conversations, mm-hmm. but they're surely, like sort of set the scene for what may or what is and may or may not be happening in your life. Right. Um, but all that to say, I really enjoy them because of the languaging for behavior patterns that I think is incredibly relatable to other things. Like they really kind of can pinpoint specific behavior patterns and dynamics and complexities that definitely do exist. Whether they're specific to like an astrological sign or not is debatable. But the fact that people are complex and nuanced and behave in certain general ways is true. And it's really interesting to like hear how that's described and um, how that might play out in your life. What I don't love about those things is uh, the, the category-based line of thinking because it does box people in. Oh, it's like, oh, you're, that's such a Libra thing to say, Helen. Yes, exactly. Like, I don't even... Like, yeah. Like, I was... Uh, I was hanging out with somebody once and they were like, well, you know, he, he's a Leo, so you know. And I was like... I'm a Leo. We get so much shit. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know anything. Yeah. Like, I don't know any of those things. I don't know the things I'm supposed to Well, know. I think the other thing is, too, like, in mainstream media people are like one thing like you're a Sagittarius I'm a Leo blow that's it and in reality we have all these different things that make up our own we've got rising moons (laughs) and setting suns and um, there's a lot of complexity though even within one person's birth chart so it's like you can't like the categories don't even really make sense but obviously the human brain likes likes linearity 
and to, to group right. things. Yeah, like so. my friend Jill, whenever I go on a date, you know, a promising date, she'll be like, well, what day was he born? What time? Well, I'm the, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think on some of the dating apps, they started putting... Just your, I mean, I, I don't just know. I'm not sign, on the dating apps. But not apps. like your, your time and date. Okay, so like she likes time to, She wants the full chart. Yeah, she's, okay. she's got an app. There's an app for that. I mean, and now like a couple of my friends had children and immediately after they were born, like they pull up the, bull, the birth chart. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I don't, it's, 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 it's out there. But I mean, I think a lot of the things I buy into are out there. It's just one of those things that I haven't bought yeah. into yet. I'm pretty bought in, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Have invested in it, yes. Um, yeah, I think it's, there's just so many fun things in the world to explore. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's different, different strokes for different folks. And like, well, it's easy to make fun of astrology, I think. It doesn't mean I don't think it's fun and it all comes down to is it a tool for you and if it's not a tool for you then it's probably not worth you know looking into further but if it sparks some sort of self-inquiry or some sort of you know kind of you know question of integrity I think it's it's it can be useful and I'm all into just like the gut feeling definitely like yeah I've just had my life has been I'm sure everyone is like this to an extent, but like my major life choices have just, have you ever seen the movie Inception? Yes. I love that movie. It's a wild movie. But I I love the idea that like somebody crawls into your brain and plants a seed (laughs) and then you cannot shake it. And it just seems to come out of nowhere. But I feel like a lot of my life decisions are like that. It just like it just drops in. It just drops in. Yeah. Like like a download. Like I'm going to move to Thailand or like, "Mm." yeah. Do a yoga teacher training. Yes. Or like, um, my newest one is, I'm going to buy some land in Maine and buy a tiny house. Tell and, us about that. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's I just did. <laughs> the idea is like, hopefully, in, you know, a handful of years to go and live a, a tinier life. Mm-hmm. A small, a much smaller life. <laughs> much more minimized life. My obituary. Danielle led a small life. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely um, and small life. A tiny life. Um, but just, just, I, I don't know. I just trust my gut. Like, well, I'll just mm. have an idea and then, and what I do is I go around and tell people I'm going to do something. I do that too. That's a very, I think, real way of, of manifesting. Uh, and just hearing, like, part of it is to get feedback, but it's really not. I don't want No, it's to feedback. confirm that that's what you're doing with yourself, I think. Totally. And to see, like, how does this feel coming out of my mouth? Right. Right. And like the tiny house thing, which is like a two week old idea, feels really good coming out of my mouth. That's a signal. I think I did this with many things. One, after I did, after I lived in Thailand, I for a while, like for a moment, I thought I was going to then go to Chile and and teach English. And I told people, and then I was like, that doesn't sound right. Specifically with moving places, both of the places I've moved, I've had similar processes. Yeah. You just like, you just tell people and then. Yeah. And here's the thing. Sometimes you tell people so that you have accountability. And I think a lot of people do this when they go on like a diet, (sighs) you know, where it's like, oh, I'm on, I'm keto, I'm keto. (laughs) So that you think the world's holding you accountable. But here's the thing. No one gives you fuck that you're keto, you know, like nobody, the only person who cares that you're keto is you. Yeah. And if you eat a cookie, nobody cares. I think it's more effective in those one time larger shifts. It's like, I am moving to this place. That's a deliberate A to B. Right. Or I am buying a dog. That's a deliberate A to B. Yeah. 
You should adopt a dog. Now adopt a dog. <laughs> you do have to per. Do you have, yeah. you have to purchase? Or, yeah. 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 I don't know anything about that. But usually the languaging is different. Like you. You would adopt. Yeah. Not. not well, buy. No, no. well, if you get a if you get a purebred, you buy. But if you go to the shelter, you adopt usually. Louis is adopted. Danielle's cat. My cat. Um, Her beautiful cat. My beautiful, perfect cat. Um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. I'm curious about how you're moving your body these days, because as you said a little while ago, you have your own practice now in Needham, Massachusetts of both body work and yoga teaching. Mm-hmm. It's a private yoga. Mm-hmm. And that must be kind of just a general shift in your life. Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, the first seven, eight years of my yoga career were just, like, teaching a crap ton of public yoga classes, Mm -hmm. so it's very different, like, the pandemic shift of doing more, you know, some virtual stuff, but also just way more one-on-one versus group, which is really nice, and moving my body, it's a lot of it now that the weather's shifting is just, like, long walks through Franklin Park and Jamaica Plain and, you know, the beautiful areas that are all in bloom right now around me, um... And, like, I was embarrassed to say, like, I had not really been doing much yoga outside of the classes I was teaching because at the beginning of the pandemic, it was, like, 12 classes a week. It's a lot. And now it's more like two or three, so I can. But I realized, like, I'm in a phase right now where I do not like to be told what to do. Like, I don't want to, you know, like, I have a Peloton and people are like, who's your favorite teacher? And blah, blah. Like, I just like to ride in fake France and like, you know, like I love the scenic rides Um, just because, and even like a yoga, like I couldn't, I don't think I can handle a yoga class right now because I'll go and start to move and then I'm like, oh, you know what? My knee and my hip are so messed up. So I'm going to roll around with some balls for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and then do some other stuff. And so it's really about that intention and that, that mindfulness and really not, I, I, I will miss and want that, that external input. But right now I'm just really enjoying the. Just purely like moment to moment, like what do I feel the free like free form yeah. listening to your body. And yeah. I think for so long I felt like if I didn't take a class, it didn't count as a practice. Or if if I don't burn X amount of calories, it doesn't count as a workout. Mm-hmm. And it's just like ugh. Yeah, it's it's bullshit. It's what we make up for ourselves to feel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what about you? Are you are you are you dancing? Uh I'm doing a lot of improv dance in my bedroom including last night where I found this song I was really excited about and it was like mid past midnight my I'm at my parents house so my family was all asleep and I'm like so into it I'm making all these like noises it's called um pick a photo gallery by Luke Howard I think it's just a classical piece but I was really inspired and I was um, hoping you're gonna say it's like a Doja Cat or something. No, but that song that's really Red Light, Stoplight, the the Olivia whatever song. I don't know that one. Yes, you do. Red light. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> a lyrical piece. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I'm sorry to report it wasn't that. Yeah. But I've been enjoying getting and in, dropping into my body in that way. Um, because there has been some time in the last year where that just wasn't happening. And it's always really interesting. I mean, I've been dancing since I was three. And so much of that has dancing been formal. Dancing and drinking coffee since three yeah, years that's, old. Yeah, that was a magical age for me. A lot shaped in my life. Not That's true. That is true. Um, but 
it's just so interesting to have because it's it just feels like a soundboard. It's something that's always been there, and right. and coming and going from it, I can really sort of see the changes in myself. When you take, I meant to ask you this earlier. You because you were last year, you did that program in Amsterdam, and mm-hmm. then you were in Paris, and you were taking classes before the pandemic. And so it's been like a year, really, right? Since you've yeah. been like doing anything formal with dance. More than a year. Have you been doing anything informal over that time or not much? Honestly, not much. And that also, honestly, has felt good. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, I, it is its own, my, me and dance is like being in a relationship. And so sometimes the space is really nice. And it's like when I'm not feeling inspired in that way, um, it's like sometimes best to just let it be, but it is interesting to continually like come back to a feeling of being inspired in that genre. I'm just saying myself because I'm an only child, so of course I'm thinking no, because like, <laughs> I played music ten years ago more. Yeah, and I stopped, and it never came back. Not yet. I mean, you don't you don't know that, right? I mean, it's not that it's, twelve years. But you never you never know. I I mean I have a beautiful beautiful handmade guitar that somebody made for me that wow. I will never get rid of. So wow. I hope someday it comes back. But yeah, it is interesting. The, the hobbies and interests and passions, how they fluctuate over time. And I think it's reflective of, um, growth and how that shifts the, the more that you age and, and develop yeah. and evolve. Um, yeah. And if, if, dance for me has always been really philosophical as a a pillar of what I love about it and Mm -hmm. I think that helps with longevity because it's so much more than just moving in my body there's so much investigation that happens on an existential level that it's actually like it's a tool in that way Mm -hmm. um almost a tool more than a craft sometimes interesting yeah and interesting now that you have this residency, so like you've been on this hiatus. So like even if it wasn't like <laughs> coming out of even if it wasn't like kindling there for you, like it kind of you just like lit a fire under your ass by applying for this residency, right? Yeah, like you have to create now. Yeah, exactly. And I'm so relieved to hear when artists are like, "Yeah, I fucking don't want to make art every day of my life." Like there are years of you know long periods of time where people aren't feeling like doing the thing yeah and then there are people who are like i sit down and write for three hours every day no matter what and And they're all it's all welcome so it's i like knowing that there's no one right way to do it and it was kind of nice to take a year off from like taking yoga classes yeah i don't want to do sun salutations (laughs) (laughs) until my shoulders fall (laughs) Yeah, yeah you know and sometimes i do but mostly it's just like don't I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, don't tell me what to do. And, you know. Right. Until I want to be told, which I will at some point. I think it's really nice to, to, yeah, not force information in the, in the information cup until there's room for it. Right. It's like, why would you just kind of make it overflow and have it be lost on you? That's such a good metaphor for it. It's not even a metaphor, visual for it, because I just feel like I'm creating so much space in my life so that when I... So when I put other things in, they'll be more yeah. felt rather than just like loading, loading, loading. Right. So yeah. Moving and grooving. Moving and grooving. 
I have also just uh, enjoyed, like, it's nice to not always feel like you have to be engaging with everything all the time. Yeah. Because when it's forced, it's it almost has a negative effect. Right. And not to say, like, like, uh, Rich Roll, who is a, a podcast host that I am an avid listener of, he always says mood follows action, which I do agree with. When you get up and do the thing, you know, yeah. there is an effect there. I'm talking more in the macro. It's like, okay, if I'm listening to myself and noticing that I'm not really called to do that thing anymore in the way that I used to be, I right. don't have to judge myself for that. Right. And the heart, And, like, what I'm struggling with at this moment is like I'm in this place where I'm really tuned into what I want and what I don't want. And then just to be perfectly honest, is like judging people who are making very different choices, which is hard when you're just like, you see people who are just so pulled by the marketing and the commercialism and this and that. And, you know, not, and it's hard when you're making a big life shift that you think is so right for you. Right. To not just be like, why isn't everyone doing this? Yeah. I have had a similar experience just in terms of like coming back to the East Coast and being so happy in my decision to move. Your LA-ness. <laughs> my LA-ness. But I keep coming back to like how cool is it that we as an individual get to make the choice that's right for us right. and seeing the difference as a confirmation of your own alignment versus their own separation from whatever center is because center is relative. Right. But I think a lot of people do not have the privilege or give themselves the privilege of stepping back to figure out what their center is. Completely. Yeah. Well said. And what a beautiful thing. And I, I want to say that it's a luxury, but I really think that that is the notion that needs to be changed. It's not a luxury to spend the time to discover who you are. Right. Because it re- really it just requires... That's what's required. Investigation and time and space. Which I, I mean, plenty of people don't have time and space, but you can But also it. those things are choices. Right. Yeah. And if, the, if there's going to be any sort of up level in humanity, it's going to be required that we spend the time to understand ourselves. Should we just end on that? What, <laughs> what, what everyone needs to do to up level society? <laughs> Learn yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Just fell off my blanket. Unlearn yourself, then learn yourself again. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Danielle. Thanks. For sitting on the floor with me. Thanks, Helen. Talking. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. Thanks for joining us in Conversation and a Movement. I'm Danielle. And I'm Helen. We'll catch you next time. Interested in supporting Emotional Intelligence Podcast? You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash emotional intelligence. I think that was a little loud. I don't think you need to lean into the mic. <laughs> <laughs>